the topics in um, chat, possibly? Yeah, we could do that. We are live. Welcome one and welcome all to Berry Flow Upstream. This is number 82, and we are here on January 1st, 2016. My name is James. We've got an awesome cast with us today. We have Alex Bass of Cyberbytes Inc. How you doing, Alex? What's up? What's up? Just, you know, new camera angle, feeling a little bit different today, so trying to get things working. Yeah, good good luck with that. Hopefully uh, Brian doesn't creep us out too much there in the back. <laughs> we're, also, He's already we're also here with one of our... <laughs> it's the eyes, right? We're here as well with one of our resident Canadians. How you doing, Ronell? Good, you know, just BBMing right now. <laughs> Not paying attention. <laughs> one, one of the last holdouts on BBM. Another Canadian. We have a lot of Canadian. We have a lot of Canadian representation today. We also have Brandon Orr. How you doing, bud? What's up? Uh, just trying the scenic, uh, just image right here for me on the, on the camera today. Because I look like a hobo, so I think I'm doing everyone a service. <laughs> yeah, to, to be fair, Brandon, you you do look like a hobo. <laughs> but no, where where is that picture taken actually of your in your avatar? That was actually in Loch Ness. Oh, in Scotland. So. Yeah, so like the one, the, I think it's like the one, like the second day of the year where they have like sun out of like five. So it was pretty rare. <laughs> And, of course, we also have with us Crackberry's editor-in-chief, Blaze. How you doing, Blaze? Can't complain, man. Yourself? I am doing fantastic. And uh, I want to remind everyone that this podcast is sponsored by viewers just like you. We really appreciate all the support on our Patreon. If anyone's seen, we're running a contest right now for a mystery BlackBerry 10 device. Everyone's been asking me, like, what is it? What is it? It's exciting. It really is. So uh, if you're interested in, in submitting to that contest, check out our channel, check out our website. There's plenty of stuff there to how you can enter. Um, we have a lot to talk about, guys. We don't have, like, an official topic list today, but we do have a lot in terms of CES, which just passed by for 2016. BlackBerry had some presence there, as well as their QNX subsidiary. Um, I want to kind of go round table here on some of that stuff because a lot of it's kind of interesting, right? And we'll get to some of their carrier commitments in BlackBerry 10 toward the latter end of this podcast. But I want to start out talking a little bit about some of the news for specifically the, C the CES that just passed. So we saw Priv actually getting its January security patch. Have anyone on Shop BlackBerry Privs actually gotten that update already? I am currently waiting on it. But Blaze, did you actually get it on, on your Shop BB device? Uh yeah, I got it in December. <laughs> yeah. It managed to uh, you know slip out a little bit early for for some people. Uh, I'm not entirely sure as to how many you know how many individuals actually got it before they were supposed to really go ahead and get it. But um, in any case, it did slip out for some people a little bit early, uh, and then the rest of the folks uh, managed to have it roll, slowly rolled out, but uh, yeah, I I got it in December, so when the when the January update actually came out, it uh, you know it wasn't wasn't much of an effect on me because I already had the update. So lucky man. <laughs> yeah, we're still we're still waiting on AT and T, and the thing is, we've seen like that two week kind of period between the the official release of those things and then us actually getting it, and if that two week period is to hold true, we should be looking to get it stateside at least probably right around this time next week, probably on the 18th. So holding out is really not that bad for these patch updates. I'm glad at least that they're working with those partners to get that stuff out for us. Brandon, you're the only one of us who's still not yet on a priv. Am I, am I right on that? Yeah. 
it's a, uh, it's a, it's a. Uh, I like it. You know, it's. Uh, I have no issues except for the fact that half my apps don't work. But you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like what's going on with the Facebook app and the uh, Twitter app on BlackBerry Ten? You know. You can't be using the native Twitter app on BlackBerry Ten. Yeah, I do. Or the, or the yeah. native Facebook app, really. <laughs> well, yeah, that's given. <laughs> and the thing is, like BlackBerry Ten, like I'm, I find myself like using my passport for a lot of like oddball things. It's literally like right in front of me here, and I find like you know black and everything even is faster than what I have on Priv. Like, yeah, there's tons of Twitter clients and they look good and they work well, but there's something about like black. I'm waiting for Jerome to just bring it over already. I feel like I feel like he's secretly working on it and uh, just doesn't want to tell anybody. Oh, uh, he is. You already know that. <laughs> is he? <laughs> I'm not saying no. that. Yes. No. It, <laughs> realistically, there's. I think they have like Falcon, and then they have the one. I can't think of it off the top of my head right now, even though it's the more popular one. Um, but they're like five bucks for it, and I'm really considering buying something because the native Twitter client. I'm not overly happy with on Android because I feel like I'm not getting notifications. I don't know if anyone else is experiencing that, but and that 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 kind of comes down to Android to me. I feel like there's a lot of times where I don't feel like I'm getting notifications, notified for things, and I hop into like the hub, and then it's like I have ten Twitter notifications and like two emails that never got pushed to my phone, and like I don't know. That's the one frustration I'm I'm feeling after the time I've been using thought- this for. I find that I don't actually use Twitter a lot for my device anyway, so it's kind of like I can live with the official Twitter client. I believe the other one that you were talking about is Phoenix or Phoenix, however yeah, you Phoenix, it. Yeah, Phoenix, yeah, that was it. I mean, I bought that, but honestly, I haven't, I haven't even actually opened the app to actually set yeah. it up or anything like that. It's there, but I haven't. I just don't use Twitter from my device that often to be even really caring about it, so... Yeah, it's 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 a tough point, and I, and Brandon, I just feel I feel for you, man, because the the BB10 OS is still like such a phenomenally good multitasking and productive OS. It's a little just missing like two app updates, right? And it's you have a flawless experience otherwise. So it is a bummer yeah. that I wonder, like you know, and and we'll talk about some of the forthcoming BB10 updates that John Chen is committed to. I I hope that you know some of the social apps and things like that, you know, don't fall under the wayside in terms of you know that focus on security, I do hope they kind of bring some of those apps around circles so uh, we can start enjoying them. So BlackBerry Perv did get its January security patch. Some other news from Ford and QNX. This one was pretty interesting, talking about SDP, or SDL, excuse me, QNX and Ford collaborating to bring applications and better integration into the car. I thought this was pretty interesting, especially as we look at kind of the automotive space and who's taking foot and you know, some of the moves that are going on there. Um, did any of you guys read up on this news or find it interesting at all? I found it interesting that kind of Ford was taking an open source piece of software, their smart device link, and bringing it onto the QNX platform and opening it up to other OEMs to start using as well, you know? A lot of these OEMs are now looking to kind of cross-license and cross-use some of their things so that everyone's not having to rebuild the same stuff, you know? So it is yeah. kind of cool to see. And we, we keep mentioning Ford, but Toyota also signed on Ford as yeah. well, didn't they? I'm pretty sure it was Toyota. Yep. Yep, and Toyota was the base of their QNX reference car this year as well. I think it was the Highlander, which is like a six, seven-seater car. It's just truck, rather. It's awesome. Uh, This is is not a foreign concept, though, right? We've seen MirrorLink before for this kind of, you know, application uh, interface between the phone and the car. But it is cool to see that there's some standards actually being pushed. 
And and Ronell, maybe you can speak on this a little bit, but is this something you think might be beneficial to cars in the future? Like, you know, there's like CarPlay and Android Auto, which are kind of doing this for vehicles already. But a lot of the OEMs that are building these infotainment systems kind of want to build it homegrown, where yeah, CarPlay and Android Auto are an option, but they're still kind of a core OS and core feature set for those vehicles. Do you think that's something that's going to continue pushing forward, or are we going to go off to these other alternatives? You know, it all depends. Um, it should continue that way, though. I mean, when you guys think about how many cars are on the road right now, um, back in the day, there used to be a standard where, you know, you can go get an aftermarket deck, right, and turn your car that wasn't really smart into something smart. But one of the big trends these days are all these automakers are starting to try to get something going that they have their own infotainment system in the car, like, that's proprietary. And that's kind of put consumers in a trap type of thing where they can't have different type of features because every car is different and you can't put after deck or aftermarket decks in your car because there's no room or they got their own screen on there. So, I mean, it's huge to try to set up a standard for all the different cars to be able to follow and all the consumers can, okay, if I have an app on my phone, I can just put it onto my, my car just like that. I don't have to worry about what operating system it's running. I know I can just put it on the car. So it's something that would really help the industry a lot if a standard was was built upon the, those type of uh, technologies that QNX brings out, right? My whole thing is that everybody wants to build a standard, but then there become so many people that are trying to build their exactly. standard that there is no standard, you know what I mean? That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, it's, there's, it's tough. It definitely is. At yeah. least, you know, like QNX is a, is a market leader, market mover, has the biggest market share so that if they, if anyone is to push the industry toward a standard, QNX will be the one to do it, right? Yeah. Well, then, yeah. I, 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 I just want to point this out because you guys bring that up about the standards thing. There's an XKCD that defines it. It's like situation. There are 14 competing standards. It's like 14 ridiculous. We need to develop one universal standard, <laughs> and then situation. There are 15 competing standards. Like that. That's literally what happens. But not yeah. much you can do about it. They're moving towards a standard, though. I mean, it's eventually going to come because the only way that we can realistically get automated vehicles, which is, I guess, the end goal for a lot of these auto manufacturers, is to actually have a standard between which all the cars can communicate between each other. And that's just going to lead to, you know, economies of scale when it comes to applications and things like that. Uh, we might see variances like we see now where you have different operating systems within the cars, but in terms of how those applications and things communicate, um, it's going to extend not only in the car space, but also from our own, you know, in the home and stuff, right? So it's really important for QNX to be in this space right now. Because if you think about it, if you look at all the things you can buy for your house, that are supposed to be smart, you know, that can communicate with each other. There's about three or four different mainstream standards for how those different devices communicate. And the reality is that if you buy one piece of equipment that's smart, likelihood is it can't communicate with any other thing that's smart in your house. Um, so that's what they want to avoid with the, the car system. I think QNX is a, is a potential avenue for that to occur. Yeah, and I think, I think one of the differentiators here between, you know, all of those standards, like, um, is basically the safety aspect of it all. Like, at the end of the day, you know, these are people who are essentially being put into cars and people's lives are on the other end of this, rather, more so than, like, you know, at home or, or with, like, instant messaging applications. Nobody gives a crap about 
you know, 15 different standards for instant messaging applications because at the end of the day, nobody's getting hurt over these in instant messaging apps, right? Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes down to, like, putting people in automobiles and, you know, taking care of your family, there's a lot of people who do have an interest uh, of having a set standard rules so that, you know, everything is is considered safe and secure and nobody has to worry about it. Like, it basically creates accountability at that point in time. Like, okay, does this system work or does this system not work? You know, like, um, the, the safety standards are, are, are well beyond anything else at this point. So there, there really is a benefit to actually having one unified standard situation in, in this case rather than, you know, homes or instant messaging apps and stuff like that. Yeah, that's pretty huge. I mean, cars right now, I mean, car makers, like, oh, they, they got the five-star standard for airbags and crashes and all that stuff. I think that'll be huge coming up. Well, it runs on the most secure and most safest um, operating system or, or infotainment system, you know, can't be hacked, you know, or quickest reaction when it comes to car crashes, like, That'll be marketable. Yeah, it's, it's it's something that's you know, like you said, going to be huge because of the fact that you you're putting people's lives in these automobiles and relying on them. Like you know, how and many people are, how many people are going to want to put their kid in the backseat of a car that's driving itself if it's if it if there is a possibility that it's not safe, right? Right. Yeah, if my Uber is coming automated, I need it to be secure, no doubt. <laughs> and, and, and really, if we talk about this conversation with QNX, we talk about they're really laying down the building blocks for the future because autonomous drive is still that forlorn thing we're looking to and heading toward. But they have to set up the infrastructures as well, right? It's not just the OS in the car. It's that car then being able to interface with the other machines on the road, be it traffic lights, stop lights, emergency, you know, ADAS things. There's so many other aspects of how that car can autonomously drive, and those building blocks are now being built. The company did showcase advances in their ADAS, their vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle communications, and their vehicle-to-interface, which is bringing in infrastructure. These are OS technologies that will un help enable autonomous and semi-autonomous vehicles, and that's the cool stuff, right? It's QNX. In a you know in a traffic light that can then talk to the overall system, and and really when we talked about those standards that Brandon and Vernell were mentioning, it's positive to see that at least we have a market leader pushing these things because at the end of the day it's going to allow for the most comprehensive solution, and these cars are going to then be able to learn from one another in an open agnostic way, right? Like Teslas will all learn from one another, you know how that curve was taken or or how that turn is supposed to be taken. But that's a closed ecosystem, right? No one else benefits from that autonomous knowledge. However, with QNX being a more broader uh, operating system and way more vehicles, way more OEMs, that information is going to be vaster, and that kind of data collection, the IoT platform behind that, has to be better and bigger and more scalable. And that's where BlackBerry really does have a lot of potential to make money on the front, middle, and back end of those systems. So really, really cool stuff from the QNX teams there. And it is still cool to see that Toyota Highlander, you know, they have some awesome stuff as well. I don't know if you guys checked out any of the acoustic stuff. It's one of those things that QNX that doesn't get a lot of hype because it's not as glamorous, but I think some of the acoustic stuff that they're doing is flipping awesome. Um, specifically, like, they had a demo where basically you could be in the front of the car 
and instead of yelling four rows back or three rows back to someone in the back, right? Yeah. There's, mic there's microphones in the car that will pick up your voice and bring it out naturally, so that there's balanced acoustics throughout. So you can be playing music, right? The car can be going over, you know, uh, 80 miles an hour, and you're still able to communicate easily without causing driver distractions and things like that. So that is the a AMP, the Acoustics Management Platform. Again, QNX building a bunch of tools in for their partners so that they can start building these future technologies. Yeah, it's it's so over my head because like I still have a 2005 car and I'm not really planning on getting a car anytime soon. And it almost makes me feel like I want to wait because like that's so awesome that we're getting to a point to be there. But then it's like maybe if I stick out for another three years, we'll get like a somewhat self-driving car. Like I, I don't even I don't even want to buy a car now because it's it's screwed up because like a phone is something you can buy every year, every two years. But with a car, like that's a huge investment. Yet yeah, now it's like tech. And it's just, it's it's almost like sickening to, to know what to buy, when to buy, and I don't even know what to do. But I don't it seems like drive, that's yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I ride my take, Nikes. <laughs> take the bus. Let me know when they get some smart Nikes. <laughs> yeah, when, that'd be awesome, like hoverboard shoes. That'd be crazy. All right, next invention, next invention. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about, you know, Q&X. A lot of stuff coming from their software, their software teams and software platforms, which again is what BlackBerry is currently double downing on in their markets. So very cool to see more ADAS, more automated driving stuff. But we have a lot of other stuff that was coming out of CES as well. We saw BlackBerry partnering with ShareCare to accelerate consumer-driven healthcare and enable secure communication and collaboration. One of those kind of under-the-radar news announcements, but. ShareCare, if you know, is one of the leading digital health uh, and wellness engagement platforms. And basically, they've tied together to allow BBM connectivity for mobile communications. Something really smart, I think, to leverage BBM. Is there any other areas that you think BBM can bring benefits? I just can imagine like BBM in a hospital. Like Imagine a group of physicians all able to talk to one another or a multi-chat where you have that kind of you know presence. That's just stuff seems like that's the kind of stuff they really need to leverage BBM. Like, yeah, stickers are cool. Stickers make money, but like, let's look at the bigger applications for it, right? What do you guys think about the share care news, specifically aiming BBM toward that medical space? I don't know. It, it makes sense because of the fact that you know it, it's not it's a, it's still a proprietary system, and people can't get into it. They they're obviously going to put BBM protected behind it. Um, it. It's really interesting that they they didn't necessarily you know load everybody up with any sort of, um, you know, one particular device because, as we know, BBM has gone agnostic now. It's on Windows Phone, it's on Android, it's on iOS, everything like that. But what they're actually doing is is taking BBM and embedding it into their own applications. Like, it, it's not like they're loading BBM onto any one specific device or anything. They're actually just, you know, embedding the BBM solution into other programs which is really, really interesting, and, and I believe it's probably the first time that they've actually gone ahead and done that, which, you know, I, I don't know how much we'll actually see in regards to, like, how it works or anything along those lines, but I just thought that that part was really interesting because it, it seems as though that they're, they're moving BBM beyond BlackBerry devices or even smartphones, for that matter, because they're, you know, they're, they're, they're showing that it can go to other places and other resources outside of the smartphone market. 
it is very cool, and it's almost as if they're taking BBM the service and kind of white labeling it, right? Or and, and yeah. as you said, embedding it into these other you know capabilities and, and infrastructures. And they're not only doing just the messaging; they're also doing the voice over IP infrastructure for BBM Voice. So it's literally a, this communications platform that they can leverage here, there, anywhere they need, which is always cool to see. I mean, the goal here, as stated in the press release, you know, is to enable consumers to safely store, manage, and update their health information in one place and enable doctors and healthcare professionals to privately communicate with customers offering secure telehealth services, you know. I could literally probably BBM my doctor, hey man, uh, you know, my, my chest is seizing up, do I need, yeah, that's serious, you know, head to the doctor. And that kind of communication in real time, again, that presence is so valuable, I think, specifically in that space. So it is cool yeah. to see they're continuing to partner. We've already seen some healthcare moves, the H box and things like that. So we've seen them leverage QNX into medical, and that's obviously the place it's been. Now BBM, it's really cool to see how they're trying to take all their assets and maximize them as best they can, which is, yeah. which is always going to be beneficial for them. You know, it, it's interesting to see that like so many people are like, you know, BBN's dead, or you know, compared to WhatsApp or compared to Facebook Messenger, like it's it's nothing. But I mean, you look, you see what's going on right now, and there's there's a new client that just came out called Peach, and like it's taking the world by storm. It's like Slack um, for people to use, and then also Facebook or uh, Android is coming out with their new version of like Messenger and things, and it's like there are new brand new platforms starting to come out for messaging. Yep. BBM's there and they have this base. So if they do partner up and make these strategic alliances, like you're not going to see something like Peach or whatever Facebook's going on in, in the medical space. So if they do try and make that connection, I think that could be a really good move for them at least to, to, to find their place in the market because maybe they're not going to be that WhatsApp or, or that WhatsApp or that Facebook Messenger, but they do have a place somewhere. So Yeah, I mean, they you know. can't, even, even if consumers don't necessarily adapt Got BBM in the way that they did before, you know. If they never return back to it, at least BlackBerry is going out and pushing these initiatives elsewhere. Like BBM yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be a consumer product, um, you know. As as we know, BlackBerry deals with enterprise, so it it's really like I said before, it's really interesting that they're taking BBM into that different arena and not really focusing. I don't want to say not focusing on the consumer because obviously it's still a consumer and product. We use BBM on a daily basis, but it's different. That it, It's awesome that they have that avenue to actually take it into and essentially gain more users that, you know, the mass majority aren't necessarily fully aware of. Like whoever's on Peach, you know, it, like Peach is just a consumer application. That's where yeah. it goes. I don't see Peach moving into like hospital or anything like that, but BBM is – you know, technically, with the announcement that they made at CES already there, right? Yeah. I feel like uh, BBM is kind of like, if you have a contact on BBM, like, all your messages between that contact are going to be on BBM. But I also feel like BBM is a type of cert, like a type of messaging app that people are like, they're not, it's, it's one of those value-added services where people, it's not like every single one of their contacts is going to be there. Yeah. But for those few contacts that they have, it really does improve um, that messaging experience, I find. I have a few friends that I, like, the only way I can reach them is really by texting or Facebook messaging. But I always find when I use BBM, um, messaging people through BBM just feels a lot more a lot more natural in terms of conversing. I don't know. It just feels like it, it feel, it, those added touches, like the, the read um, mess, the, the, the symbol that shows whether it's read or delivered, just gives you that that extra uh, value added when you're messaging someone. 
gives you confidence too that people have actually read your message. You know, like it, yeah. if I was like sending out an iMessage or something like that, I don't necessarily know. Especially yeah, I'm like Blaze. Blaze just green would me. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's because he's falling asleep most yeah, often. Pretty much. Most often. <laughs> no, but it's it is cool. And again. John Chen is thinking outside of the box, right? Looking to expand that platform to a potential that it really hasn't been able to see on the consumer side. Does a consumer need a massive platform, uh, an ecosystem for secure communications? Yeah, they do. But that kind of value add, like Blaze mentioned, adding in BBM Protected as a backend there, that's really that's the kind of facility needed for these other regulated industries. So expanding BBM as that kind of service can be quite valuable for them. So I hope they can continue partnering to help expand that region for them because it is something that is, is going to be forward-looking for them. We have some other forward-looking things too. BlackBerry Priv is actually confirmed for Verizon, T-Mobile, and Sprint. I said Sprint, y'all. I mean, like, what? <laughs> I think that's the basis of it. Like, it was, it was confirmed pretty much for Verizon previously, so that wasn't necessarily news. And we had the the hint and the greater indication that it was coming to T-Mobile, but now it's actually like confirmed for Sprint as well. It was it was pretty much just a rumor before for Sprint, um, but now that you know BlackBerry laid it out, yeah, it's going to eventually come to Sprint. Although it is rather interesting that Sprint is the only one that hasn't said exactly when it's coming because Verizon, we've got like that whole end of March thing, which is that's another discussion on its own almost. Um, and we know that T-Mobile is rolling out on January 26th, but Sprint hasn't actually announced the date. So that will be will be interesting to see when Sprint actually pushes the device out. I'm kind of curious as to how many customers are still on Sprint that actually are waiting for the proof. Yeah, it's it's very it, you know I wonder how they compelled Sprint to jump with Priv right when so many other BlackBerry 10 devices went by with no interest right? It's like just Sprint Android, was, man. I'm telling you, it's Android. It's got to be. It's got to be because they were they, they were gonna you know they didn't launch the Z10. Supposedly they were gonna wait out on the 30, and then that never happened. So here's my question to you guys because this follows up some other news that uh that's come out. Well, not really news, more of a a pre-announcement of news to come about Android Marshmallow. And again, not not the update for Android Marshmallow, but news about the update coming later in Q1 of 2016. Do you feel like maybe some of these carriers are waiting out? Because you can imagine BlackBerry with Marshmallow, they don't have a lot to do in terms of you know resecuring Marshmallow for themselves because most of the OS is already built, right? They're taking so much off the shelf already. So do you think that we're really waiting on BlackBerry at this point or we're waiting on carriers or maybe a combination of both? And maybe that's why we're seeing this you know, March time frame for some of these carriers. Is it are we waiting for Marshmallow on those devices or do you expect them to be launching with Lollipop? I don't know. I think it's probably a good combination of both. I mean, depending on, on which carrier. Um, I don't think Marshmallow is exactly at the top of everyone's list. I mean, it's, it was probably definitely a consideration, of course, but at this point, I think it's just, you know, everybody had to go ahead and get their ducks in a row, and some people didn't get their ducks in a row at the right time to be able to go ahead and push it out. Plus, there, there's also the possibility, you know, that John Chen maybe just didn't necessarily want to roll it out to everybody all at once because of... Um, you know, the production levels and essentially the, the I guess, the commitment level would that would have to be made at that point in time. Like, you know, 
you're going to do a production run, you have to commit to a certain amount of devices, but at the same time, you don't necessarily know if those devices are going to sell. And, you know, we, we've seen it before where, you know, they've had devices sitting around for a long period of time because of the fact that they didn't sell and there was a write-down on the Z10s and all that. And, and John Chen basically said that that's not going to happen again, right? So it, it I don't know, it, it's probably a good balance between everything, like, you know, the production runs, the carrier timing, all of that stuff, and the approval rating for the OSs. Who's, nobody can really pin it down to one specific item to say, you know, this is why they didn't do it at this point in time. I think it, it, there's plenty of variables there and, you know, lots of blame to go around. But everybody, everybody the, the majority seem to like to blame BlackBerry just because it's their device, it's their name on the device. But, you know, there's, there's a ton of variables that happen when it comes to rolling up devices across carriers. But... You know, now we got the confirmation, and those those people that are waiting, you know, they're going to have the opportunity to go ahead and purchase the, purchase the device if they didn't already switch carriers like Alex did and move his whole family <laughs> off. You know, I mean, the device is coming. It's just uh, you know a matter of time, and hopefully, hopefully, it will be uh, be nicely adopted across the board. You know, it's one of those things, Marshmallow specifically, where I was really, really like waiting for it. But as I settled down with Priv and, and the, the current OS offering, I find myself like not being so, you know, I don't anticipate it as much as I did when I first got it, right? Like I, I'm actually okay with waiting because yeah. I feel like the experience right now with that first kind of month of updates and, and everything, a lot of the stuff was fixed, patched, and, you know, refined. And I'm really okay with waiting at this point because I'm not using hardcore some of those BlackBerry experiences. So for me, it's just an, it's an Android phone with an awesome freaking keyboard, so yeah. I'm, I'm pretty pleased at this point. I've been I've been fine with waiting for Marshmallow as well. I mean, to, to say that I'm, you know, I don't want Marshmallow or that, you know, I can wait it out for a long period of time isn't necessarily true. I'm excited to add Marshmallow, of course, uh, because of the features that it brings. It brings the, the, the permission, the selected permissions, it brings those, all of that stuff. I actually, I actually fully believe that we'll see a better battery experience on Priv than what some folks are seeing now when Marshmallow rolls out because of the Doze feature, but at the same time, you know, uh, I'm not in any rush to go ahead and download, you know, Marshmallow because there are, there are still things that need to be worked out with it, and realistically, if BlackBerry is going to do it, I want them to do it right, you know, rather than having something that you know, could possibly end up being broken. I mean... It, that's yeah, but I mean, I want. <laughs> when when we the thing that I don't like is like we're getting articles on articles talking about Android N now, and that's frustrating to me because it's like we're not even on M, and now we're seeing all the features that are going to be coming to N, like split screen. Yeah, bro, but and, that's you know that you know as well as I do that that's all hype built around it. Like, yeah, when, when N starts rolling out, what devices is it going to start rolling out to first? Nexus devices. What yeah. what devices? Is Marshmallow rolling out to now a very very small percentage of devices? Yeah, it's I don't still even, like I don't even think like zero point seven percent have Marshmallow right now. Yeah, and yeah, it it really is something that people are waiting for. I can totally understand the frustration with not having Marshmallow out of the gate, but you really do need to put these things into perspective. Like I said, zero point zero seven percent of devices have Marshmallow right now. You know what those devices are? Nexus devices. If you wanted a, a wanted Marshmallow out of the gate as soon as possible, 
then yeah, you probably should have bought a Nexus device. We're well, only some, now starting to see. Yeah, some manufacturers have, other devices. And, and at least that's the thing too, though. Like some manufacturers, they're saying you know these devices are going to get marshmallow, and they're yeah. kind of giving a time frame for it. So I, I guess I I just. I don't. I personally don't care that that much, but it worries me more about people who are like waiting on the priv because they're like, I want to see if this thing's going to get marshmallow, or if BlackBerry's going to be good with updating it to the newest software. And it's more of I worry about BlackBerry's future if they don't get this out soon. Yeah. And that's one thing that could differentiate them if they are someone that's getting the updates out quickly. Then someone might be like, Well, I was going to get a Nexus, but if BlackBerry's updating quickly, you know, I kind of want a, you know, a BlackBerry now. Whereas some people might just go to Nexus because they want the newest and greatest as soon as possible. So I, it's more not even me personally about it. I think it's just more of I think BlackBerry needs to do something just, with their tickets. You're more seriously. worried about the outward appearance for BlackBerry yeah. more so yeah. than yourself. Yes. Yeah, I get that. I can relate to that because, you know, we all, at the end of the day, we all want BlackBerry to sell, you know, a yeah. ton of proofs and, you know. It's just one of those things. You gotta gotta wait it out and see how it how it plays out for them. Also, um, you know, I, when the when the announcement, I quote unquote announcement, you can't even really call it announcement yeah. because yeah. it's like, like a pre announcement. It's a pre news announcement. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, people lost their minds over BlackBerry basically saying, you know, that they're gonna have news about a marshmallow update in Q1. But you really need to put that into perspective as well because. Realistically, that was probably someone saying, "Okay, when are you guys going to push Marshmallow out?" And then Ron Lauchs answered, "We'll have news about that in Q1." That's basically the sum of it. It's not like BlackBerry put out a press release saying, "Yes, we'll have news about Marshmallow in Q1." Yeah. It was. It wasn't even an announcement. It was a a media briefing that allowed for the media to go ahead and ask questions to BlackBerry. Like, y'all need to calm down, man. Like, yes. Calm down. You guys. It wasn't a, a freaking announcement. Like, like like I said, BlackBerry never pushed out a press release saying, yeah, we'll have they news. They never announced it. News. Isn't that, there's right. not a, who needs to make a press release about Lollipop? I mean, if you look at all the major smartphones from last year, Nobody really made announcements like that. They 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 made a little um, article or a blog that says, okay, this yeah. is when we're going to be getting it, right? I mean, mm -hmm. most devices from last year, like super smartphones, uh, they're being developed. They're going to be released later January or February. Even for like the Note 4, Samsung says they're going to. Everybody's working on it. So most of the major phone carriers, I mean, uh, phone makers don't have the lollipop ready until later. In Q1, anyway, so it's it's not it sh you shouldn't be worried about it at all because besides Nexus, is nobody else has it anyway, so it's not a big deal there at all because nobody Brandon. else has it. Brandon I, has it. <laughs> just, just, uh, I just think because it was BlackBerry that a lot more negative focus was placed on it, as we're 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 all well used to that. Like, yeah, you know, maybe maybe it should have been addressed more properly and whatever the case may be, but still, like, come on. People people took a media briefing as, like, some sort of huge press announcement, and that wasn't necessarily the case. It was it was a question. Ron Laux answered the question, and that's it. Like, people make, make a big, massive deal out of it. Like, chill. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny because, honestly, 
for BlackBerry, they get so much, and, and this is, as, as Blaze said, this is something we all kind of laugh at these days because it's this kind of, like, self-hate that uh, people have against BlackBerry for no particular reason. Yet BlackBerry is continually, under John Shen, kind of proving those haters wrong at every corner. So while they'll complain now, they'll still be the ones downloading that update when it comes, you know? Oh, hell yeah. It's, it's <laughs> one of those funny, funny things because people are so fickle, especially the news reporting. Uh, you know, we saw some people, you know, mention, you know, specifically like B, uh, BlackBerry 10 and, and some of the commitments that were made there. And John Chen literally said this like six months ago that 10.3, would come. Yet people take it as if they, you know, they're not committed to BlackBerry 10. When literally this has been the case. This isn't news or anything. This is the same kinds of stuff they've been telling us for a while now, that BlackBerry yeah. 10 is still going to be maintained and supported for years to come. Um, specifically looking at NIAP compliance and certification for 10.3.3, that will be coming toward Q1 as well. And then we're looking at 10.3.4 later in the year with even more security improvements. So, you know, yes, they had to come out and, and restate their commitment to BlackBerry 10, but honestly, that is just PR doing their job. Because if you let one news outlet spin the news, it's going to obviously come off in a certain light. So putting another spin on it out there in the media is going to be positive for them, absolutely. So I don't think uh, John Chen's blog post was anything, you know, life-altering by any means, right? It was, it, was, it, was a reaffirmation, it was a reaffirmation of things they've been saying for months and months now. So, yeah, it's you know, identical. Yeah, you know, and then people take the news of, you know, no BlackBerry 10 devices this year as they're not going to build any others. Again, it's a viability thing. We've talked about this on Upstream before where if the Android device is successful, it opens up the door for them to focus on the high, high security of the BlackBerry 10 OS. But again, cart before the horse, horse type thing, right? They tried BlackBerry 10 for three years. It didn't work. they got to try something else. If that works, then we can look back at that homegrown OS. It's not going anywhere. It's definitely going to continue. And again, it allows them to have a two-pronged approach to their own customers, right? Those customers who want the consumer, they want the apps, they want the keyboard, bam, you got it with Priv and, and forthcoming Android devices. But those that need the regulated productivity and high security, you have BlackBerry 10 and, and then all the multitasking and all the, the facets there. Those people like Brandon who just would never go to a Priv because they, they hate it, Android. Right, Brandon? <laughs> no, I want to prove. I just don't have a thousand dollars to uh, oh, to toss towards one and not pay my mortgage. So I think here's yeah, the I'll thing. take I'll you take a house over a friend. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. no, okay. I mean, it's funny because Brandon's a hobo, so it's like you know he's homeless, yeah. but he can't afford a print. So. Yeah, like I mean, like if. If my priv, if my priv could keep me warm during the winter, I, I'd probably get one. <laughs> it runs, it runs it will. That's the one. Yes, that's literally the one thing it'll do for you. So you can't even use that point. Just load up a really intense game, and it'll keep you nice and toasty. <laughs> stream stream continuously, and uh, you'll be fine. Uh, I made a post in the Crackberry forums about how there's essentially two different aspects of looking at BlackBerry 10 and whether or not they'll. You know, continue building for BlackBerry 10 or continue updating. And what it comes down to is that there's two separate ways to essentially go ahead and look at BlackBerry 10 and whether or not it's going to continue. There are certain people out there who basically see that BlackBerry 10 is essentially getting updates, OS updates, that don't necessarily bring anything substantial to the table in terms of the consumer market, but they do have security backend improvements. So those people 
they look at it as BlackBerry 10 is continuing to be supported. It's still getting OS updates. It's getting all of the stuff that needs to basically go ahead and continue on. But there are also other people out there, the other side of the fence, I guess you could say, who basically see that the Twitter app isn't being updated, the Facebook app isn't necessarily being updated, and they're only getting security updates. They're not getting any visual updates or anything like that. Those people seem to think that BlackBerry 10 is dead, basically, because it's they're not getting anything you know, drastically new out of it that they want to see improved. So to those people, you know, BlackBerry 10 has come to a standstill. It's probably dead in their minds. And that's that's a subset that they share across the board. Like, you know, in their head, BlackBerry 10 is dead because they're not getting these things. But then again, you have those that first set of people who are like, yeah, we got updates. Like, BlackBerry 10 is alive and kicking. Like, you know, and, and it's very unfortunate because those two halves are never going to agree on what the scenario actually is, okay? Because of the fact that they see updates and some of them don't see updates. It's going to be a constant argument until BlackBerry is basically out of BlackBerry 10 devices and they make a decision on what they're going to do. As James said, it's a viability thing at this point in time. BlackBerry isn't going to come out and say directly, like, yeah, we're killing it off, or no, we're not killing it off, because really they don't know at this point in time. They're going to go ahead and move forward, continue operations as per normal, and see where the road takes them. And again, those those two those two sides are never going to agree on one thing. The the only thing that I can come up with to say at this point in time to each of those sides is if you have a BlackBerry 10 device now and you like it and you enjoy using it, it's not going to go away. It's not going to, like, magically shut off or disappear or anything like that. Like, you can continue to use your BlackBerry 10 device. If yeah, you're not it's, happy. it's not a black phone. It's not going to self-destruct. Yeah, like, <laughs> if, if, however, if you're not happy with BlackBerry 10 at this point in time, then maybe it's time that you go ahead and you consider something else. Like, that's that's what it comes down to. Like, if, if or, you or, just, or maybe you just, you know, use a replacement for those two apps that don't work, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, just tons you know, of alternatives. Yeah, so, like, you really, you really need to just look at, at what BlackBerry 10 is now and decide whether or not you want to continue with it and are happy with the updates that BlackBerry is going to be making with it. Or if you're not happy with it, then you need to possibly look at a priv or, yeah. you know, anything else that's in the world that, that can operate. You know, well, that's like, but at the same time, you got to understand why people are upset about it. I mean, no, they're basically, there's basically people that are like, they're, they're happy with the OS, but I mean, like, they're basically getting their hand pushed where it's like, okay, you're going to be able to use what you've got now, um, but, you know, there's all these people who chose to get a BB-10 because it pushed the envelope on so many fronts. I mean, we can all agree that BB-10, we all fell in love with it because it really came up with these new you know, I would almost call them revolutionary ways of integrating and, and, and interacting with your email and messages. And basically what a lot of people can perceive this as is just a commitment to not push that, um, you know. But I, I agree that. And, and to get on that, I mean, I'll be devil's advocate here. 
I mean, you if would. you go back, yeah. yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I'm gonna rip on everybody here. If we go back, <laughs> if we go back in time to different um, to different upstreams, we we were all talking about how BB10, if they just did this, 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 it'd be perfect, yeah. right? And now we basically have to swallow. It's not gonna happen, like Brandon said. It's a commitment to just update it for security, but we're not pushing the envelope anymore, and that's what made us fall in love. It pushed the envelope in terms of productivity. And, you know, we all wanted this to happen and, you know, we wanted the runtime to be updated and we wanted these integration, more integration than there already is. And now yeah. you're not going to get it. Right? Like, I mean, so, I'm happy. I'm perfectly happy with my BlackBerry 10 device. But, I mean, come a year or so, we know how fast the technology yeah. advances. I'm going to have exactly. to change regardless of whether I love it or not. It is what it is. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's just a reality that, you know, it's sinking in. People realize that time is limited on BB10. They're going to have to move on eventually. And that's the thing. Like, technology gets outdated so quickly. So when you buy a phone, for instance, right now, you can't really buy a phone and be like, I'm buying this phone because I can't wait to see what it does in two years. Because, no, in two years, that phone is going to be outdated. So if you buy BlackBerry 10 based on the fact that you're really impressed with what it can do right now, then you're buying it for the right reason. If you buy a BlackBerry 10 device, like, I can't wait to see what this can do in two years, that's just not how technology works. You don't, like, everything will be outdated by then. And with competition, you might be looking to go to a different carrier or whatever. I mean, if you're someone that buys a phone and sits on it for five years, well, you know, that's then BlackBerry 10 might totally work fine for you if, if that's what you're happy with doing because a five-year-old phone is going to be outdated in the way it does things anyway, regardless, whether it's Android, iOS, BlackBerry, just whatever. And, so. and here's, here's the thing too, right? The same things Brandon were mentioning and Renel talking about like the innovative aspects that BlackBerry 10 does have in terms of its integration, I'm still not seeing it on Android in its latest version, right? And, and we talked about this in the after show last, like where like the share framework isn't as robust, the multitasking isn't quite as robust, and those are those are architectural things, right? It, it's not necessarily a visual aesthetic, but just the core of how it's built. So the viability of these phones, you know, Brandon, you could use your passport likely for the next two three years. Do you want to? No, right? Because obviously you want to get onto the next juicy piece of hardware that you can afford. But yeah. at the same point, you know, their Blackberries have been known for those long, long durability and lifespans. We have people on legacy devices still rocking bolds, you know, <laughs> into into 2016. So a passport is still a phenomenal device for someone who just needs the core basics of, of a mobile phone. They need it to do, to, you know, email, texting, and just some of the basics. And honestly, on my priv, I'm not doing a lot of crazy, crazy stuff that I couldn't accomplish on my passport. I mean Snapchat. I mean, I could I could live without that. That's well, maybe I can't. Yeah. <laughs> and to, Brandon, to Brandon's point, like I'm I'm not saying like anybody shouldn't be outraged at it. Like if you're upset about it, then you're entitled to be upset about it. Totally. But the thing is, is that the argument back and forth between the two sides, like there's no right or wrong there. It really comes down to like everybody's personal preference and. Yeah. You know, it, it's yeah. gonna. It, yeah. If you're gonna argue about it, it's gonna be a constant argument. Like, really, just you gotta relax and move on with it because you gotta choose your own path and just take it. Because, like, like I said, nobody wins in that actual argument itself. Yeah. Yep. It's just and futile. There's there's other aspects too that I think we we may not see. Right? It may not get a visual update, but there are gonna be back end updates. There may be more integrations and other things to come. 
So when we look at this and when we really, really try to think about, because I think, Blaze, you were the one who mentioned a while ago that there were some, some new quote-unquote applications floating in some of those OS files, right? So we don't necessarily know whether the updates are going to be as substantial or unsubstantial as they, they may or may not be, right? It's still up to, to see what BlackBerry is actually going to bring to the table with these updates, you know? And what the upgrade path is beyond that, right? Is it we go 10.3, we go 10.4, we buy ourselves time and then offer an upgrade path to Android. You know, we, we have no idea what's in store for some of these devices long term. Now, historically, we can imagine they're probably just going to get kind of left where they were with like path, you know, playbook and things like that. BB10 has such good potential to s still have some viability into the future. At, and I'm looking forward to see, you know, where BB10 ends 2016 and, and kind of where they go beyond that. And you know, John Chen obviously mentioned you know the possibility of maybe building another BB10 device if the Android endeavor becomes profitable for them as well. So again, they're continuing to invest in BlackBerry 10, and I think that's the resounding message people need to get that this OS is not dead. They're continuing to invest time, money, and energy in supporting and building on it. It's now just building in a different direction than a lot of us may want because we all wanted it to attack that consumer side, you know. Ronell and I want to see that QNX IoT stuff really happen and enabled through BlackBerry 10. And, you know, that kind of stuff will still happen, but now it seems to be focused under that QNX wing. There's a lot to be said of what QNX as a mobile operating system could be in the future. Maybe not BB10, but as a platform and kernel of operation into the future, right? Because now you got to think. Now we have QNX for mobile that runs on uh, dual-core processors, that runs on quad-core processors, and you can leverage that to all sorts of things, right? As BlackBerry evolves, John Chen also made mention uh, a couple months back that, you know, I have a hardware division and then I have a handset business. And those two are not mutually inclusive of one another. And what I mean by that is they can shut down the handset business but still create hardware, right? Be it an Android device, be it other peripherals or accessories that may work and run off of some of their software. So there's a ton of viability still out there for what BlackBerry's doing in the hardware space. And again, they made more commitments to that with what they're seeing so far on Priv. The path is still going uh, you know, forward for their hardware division. So I hope those numbers come together for them in coming quarters. We are looking to see profitability in 2016, not just cash flow positivity, but actual revenues and profits. So oh, I'm excited to see that. Do you guys think they're in a better position now with the move to Android or not? I mean, it's what they had to do. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> if apps weren't this whole scenario, like yes, yes, they, it's, it's kind of. Now that apps aren't as big of a deal for them, I think they could finally focus on what makes them different and what they can do. Whereas, trying to be like they may have spent all of their resources and everything trying to get apps just on BlackBerry 10, just so they could try and prove themselves and have people see what they what they can do as a company. And we've talked about it, like what makes BlackBerry BlackBerry? It's their view on productivity and the way that they get things done. And that's really what makes them who they are. So I think, yeah, they're in a better position. It's a little bit sad that we don't get a full OS with their productivity, but I, I think it'll bleed over. And I think Android and iOS will learn from what BlackBerry does um, and improve their systems. And it's just better for everyone at the end of the day. I think it also helped helped with BlackBerry essentially changing their message as well to to a point where like people actually started paying attention to BlackBerry not in a negative way again. Um, 
you know, like like Alex said, it's something that needed to be done. So again, they changed they changed the message surrounding BlackBerry. Like, yeah, okay, maybe BlackBerry 10 didn't necessarily do as good as what some people thought it would. However, now they've released an Android device, so people have people have that to essentially cling on to and relay that message that BlackBerry does have an Android device. They're continuing to put out Android devices. So, so you know, it changed it changes the whole message around BlackBerry at this point. I think uh, I have a different view on it. I think they ha- I think they're in a better position overall as a company. I think in terms of their mobile offering, I don't really think I don't really see it really adding too much to their mobile front. I mean, as we've mentioned before, like a lot of things that have been hallmarks of BB10 just aren't in the Android device now. Whether they're even able to do that based on the limitations that they have working with Android or not is beside the point. It's just that, you know, they have an Android device, and I think overall they're, they're going to be successful being an Android OEM. Um, and, and, I mean, that's nice to have, but realistically, BlackBerry at its core is a software company, and it's a company that, that builds software and, and creates services around software. So when we look at these... Uh, devices, sure, they might be successful devices, but it's really going to be about the devices being a means to providing some form of software to the end user, and that's going to be, you know, a more prominent focus on DES uh, and other services um, as opposed to what we traditionally used to know BlackBerry for, which was a mobile, yeah, a, a mobile-focused company who did software back then as well, but it was very mobile-focused. And now it seems to be a more of a, a broader software company, uh, not just being restricted to mobile. And I think the mobile space is really just, you know, a tail end of it right now, where they're, they're kind of getting some success having the priv out there, um, but I don't think there's going to be very much of a focus on mobile going in the future. So it's a long-winded answer. I do think they're at a better position now, but I don't think it's because of the Android device. I just think it's because of how the entire company shifted. Yeah. I kind of disagree, Brandon. I kind of do. I feel like there is a mobile focus, especially with like the experience suite and the apps they're building, right? Because if they were to rebuild all of those cross-platform, BB10 lives on just on every other OS, you know? I, I feel like they still have a software play for mobile. I just don't know what kind of profitability they can bring from it, right? And and it's really going to be tough for them as they, they head here into the future. Why did I... I named this, this episode number 81, but it's not 81. It's actually 82, which is kind of... <laughs> <laughs> Let me update that before we move on here. <laughs> so we have a, a little bit more with the, the inside QNX Toyota Highlander at CES 2016. Definitely check out that video. Shows you kind of all that BlackBerry is working on. The augmented reality stuff I thought was really cool. Did you guys happen to check out any of that? I mean, basically a screen right there that shows you, you know, your next turn, literally right on your windshield, which is pretty freaking cool. Here navigation. Lots of pretty cool stuff that they're coming out with over there on that side. Um, I was wondering, and this is a question for you guys, is it worth it right now to go with the stock infotainment system that comes in most vehicles, or should you be looking at a car that supports you know, CarPlay or Android Auto? Because some of the, I think those are wired solutions right now, and I know CarPlay specifically, they're working on a wireless version of connectivity for that as well, and that was actually demoed at CES by some partners. 
So what do you guys think? Is is CarPlay and, and those types of things going to be more prevalent than the homegrown infotainment systems built by you know Toyota or Volkswagen or whatever? Uh, what should a what should a buyer's focus be when looking at a vehicle for themselves? Man, it it's so, it's so weird to me because like I've, I've I've recent cars that I've been into like 2014 2015 models, none of them have good infotainment systems, and even with their touchscreens and the way that everything looks and everything, it's just not very user friendly or it's not that great. Even like my stepdad, he has a car, I think it's from 2014, and he's literally using Google Maps on his phone because the GPS the GPS crashes within his his car when he says like Tanawana. We live in Tanawana, so it's like really like such a stupid thing that happens and it's like when your phone works so much better as an infotainment system than the in-home built organic infotainment system that like Ford built I feel like there's problems with that so I feel like there's so much room to grow and yes we see all this at CES what it could be and I guess I'm really waiting for it to be at that level someone really needs to step up the game because right now I'm still using my phone for everything. My phone is my infotainment system when I go in my car, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Look, there, as, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I'm just saying, like, if you, in some of those solutions, in some vehicles, like Mercedes specifically, and Chevy specifically, they have OnStar, right? Your phone's not going to give you OnStar, you know? There's other additives that go into that homegrown infotainment solution where there's, you know, there's concierge services where you can call out, create reservations, and yeah, you can do a lot of that on your phone, but having it built seamlessly, like when you get into a car accident, is your phone going to automatically call the police for you? No. You know? No, but how often do I get into a car accident that I need to worry about that? Like there, there only are... takes one time to be convenient. <laughs> yeah, only but... to take one. And again, those are things that are built in, right? We're having cars now built with LTE and things like that, where you can go camping, park your car, and still have data connectivity. Yeah, you could accomplish the same thing with your smartphone, right? But there's a lot of other ad value ads that they can build into the vehicle. You know, a better battery, for instance. You want to drain all your battery. LTEing off your phone as a hotspot, or do you want your phone to just connect to the Wi-Fi your car is creating for you? You know, there are other tenants there as part of those service packages that those again homegrown infotainment systems can make use of that not necessarily CarPlay or Android Auto can tap into. You know what so I never, you know what I never understood is that there's like if you go into most expensive vehicles today and look at their touchscreen or whatever maps, it, it, like I just don't understand how the processing power on these like infotainment systems is just so bad. You're like dragging on a map and it like lags like crazy. It's like, are you serious? You could put a cell phone in here just hooked up to an HDMI display. No, a tablet. No, a tablet, dude. A cheap tablet, a $200 tablet and it's light years ahead of... Yeah, you teaming like Apple or any OEM today that makes like tablets is would basically love to have the... the you know, the space that's available to these uh, consoles in the car um, to really put in that processing power, and then we have them there, and they're just not impressive at all, even on top-end models I'm talking about. So I'm really looking forward to uh, what we see in the years ahead because I think it's really going to be a focus coming up. That's almost identical to what I was going to say because when I was in Winnipeg, I was with Kevin, and we were driving around in his Tesla, and the Tesla dashboard looks absolutely amazing, right? Like, it's 
beautiful to be able to go ahead and look at it, but there are still times when it's slow and it's sluggish and it doesn't work necessarily the way that you want it to. And like James said, like these infotainment centers are 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 like the centerpiece of the car and everything like that. And like I said before, I don't even drive, but I'm not necessarily impressed. Like even in the high end of the spectrum, yeah. I'm not impressed. And you're paying such a premium. Like it, yeah. there, there were still instances where, like you know, like uh, like Brandon said, loading up a map or something like that, that it's still slow and it's still sluggish, and it's like, why did I have? Why do? Why even bother? Like, I could just reach down and use my phone. It would be way more efficient at that point. And and they make apps like specifically that are infotainment system. One that I'm swearing behind right now is this Automate one. And like, look, there's my dashboard when I plug in my car. It tells me how quick I'm going, what road I'm on, and where I can go. Music, I could switch to my phone, make a call. I could go to the map right there, and I can navigate. And it's using Google Maps, so it's freaking great. So it's like if I have this on there, and I just have this like you know sideways on my dashboard just sitting there, I'd rather use this a hundred times over than my than my car whatever they have baked into that. So I, I feel like as great as these things are at CES, the industry is so far behind. And, and there's so many mods that people are doing where they're buying a tablet or an iPad or an Android tablet, and they are just gluing it on the front of, of their, and they're replacing them for the system yeah. because it makes more sense to do that. So I, I'm torn by it. I feel like the industry is moving so slow, yet there's so much vision in it. And I think once we get like... Some of the stuff shown at CES where they actually put these visors that, like, they display over your actual windshield, so you see, yeah. like, your speed limit. Like, I think that's something that'll be really cool and futuristic, and, you know, that'll replace kind of the phone. But, right, we're just, we're at a really weird point in time right now. I, and, a, yeah, I don't know. That's the problem that I have with, like, the QNX Auto stuff and, like, the concept vehicles and stuff like that. Yeah, it's really awesome to look at. It's really great to see that this innovation is happening, and it's really amazing to see that somebody's actually working on this and trying to make it work for the better. However, I have never stepped into an automobile where it actually works yeah. <laughs> or looked the way that it does in these concept vehicles. Like, we're not at that point yet, it was It was, like, a few years ago. I remember Vivek, Vivek when he used to work at BlackBerry, was on stage at BlackBerry Live and gave a demonstration of QNX in, I think it was a Chrysler or something, uh, receiving a call in there. And it, was a, it was a Bentley, but all right. Or, oh, yeah, a Bentley, fine. Big distinction. It's a, it's a, it's a vehicle with four wheels. Um, so yeah. they, they were in there. And $30,000 between their price. <laughs> and he was, uh, he was receiving a call. I mean, like, I think that like the people who are working on this technology, I think there's a lot more that goes behind it, a lot in the back end that we just don't know about that makes it super complicated. But to us from the outside looking in, it doesn't seem like a complicated issue. And I think there's just that that lack of that that lack of link between those two facets here that we just don't realize. And I think that's one potential reason why the technology is lagging so far behind in this space. Can we talk about how the playbook has BBM video, but the Perv doesn't? Can we? Can we talk <laughs> I just real. I always forget that playbook can like take BBM video calls, but like no other BlackBerry devices can, which is just highly. Amazing, Was, but wasn't that like a ban? Wasn't that a big like bandwidth slash? Well, like a bandwidth cost issue where it's like how many people have a playbook, whereas how many people have BBM on Android? Yeah, no I mean, a hundred, hundred million people who potentially have BBM on Android, that's a lot of bandwidth that you can start using up. Bandwidth is not cheap. Bandwidth, it doesn't, 
it doesn't matter at this point. It's all about you know user perception and it's all, all about the base. No trouble. <laughs> yeah, and offering offering people the stuff that they want. Like bandwidth. Yes. At the end of the day, bandwidth should be the least to BlackBerry's concerns. Like. Who cares? Just go buy another data center. Like, yeah, like if they if they legit like had a solid service for video, which they did, you know, be, you know, screen sharing, all of that. Like, BBM video is phenomenal. Yep. Great HD quality for voice and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I would honestly pay like five bucks a month for that cross-platform everywhere, right? Yeah. I you honestly know, would. Where, where it's free to call, but obviously yeah. they can't call me if they don't. Uh, pay, right? I'm not so sure. They can I would see the videos. I'm not Why sure. Not? I would. I, just because at this point, the, at this stage of the game, there's just so many free alternatives. I'm, I just don't feel like... I mean, even if the qual call quality is better and, and the video quality is better, I just don't feel like I'm getting that value added by paying that $5 for it when I can just as easily get something yeah. that's less quality oh, yeah, for free right. to shift over to it. Like, to be on, completely honest, I mean, I love using it. It's an added... I just don't want to support me there. I just, no, that's I, the not something I want to pay for. To. Yeah, the average person doesn't want, like, the extreme users, yes, they'll pay for it, but people are being eaten away at dues and subscriptions now. Like, everything's subscription model. I'm paying $10 a month now for YouTube, Google Play Music, people have Spotify. Like, everything's just subscription. It's like, oh, only $5 a month. But that's on top of, like, hundreds of dollars a month that they're now paying for all these little things. And there are free alternatives. And, you know, even recently, my stepdad's been calling me through BBM Voice, and when he's been on the road and it's over 4G, it's like, and I can't even understand. I'm like, you need to call me back on a phone call. So when BBM Voice works because two people are on Wi-Fi or whatever, it's phenomenal. It's like they're sitting in the room next to you. But over data, it hasn't really been working all that well for me in, in scenarios lately. Maybe it's ATT, but I think I experienced that on Verizon too. So I don't know. It's, I don't, I don't, BBM I don't know. BBM Voice never worked well over speaker. Like if you had it on speakerphone, was terrible, but if you didn't, uh, butter. In my in my experience, if you're using the network for pretty much anything, it kind of sucks, anyways. Like, yeah. No matter what it is, like you can pick Skype, you can pick Viber, you can pick whatever. It it all sucks over the network, unless oh. you're two people, two individuals are are sitting on Wi-Fi. Then you know that the Wi-Fi is the actual differentiator. I'm I'm just saying that's that's been my experience. Others may have different experiences, but for me, like, why even bother? Like, I, I just don't even bother with that stuff. It depends. I mean, when you're on a phone call without, um, like, not to BBM, but a regular one, when when you go down to, like, 4G or 3G, the, the call quality actually drops, right? So you're able to keep connected to the call at least. I don't know if BBM has the same type of infrastructure where when somebody's on LTE or 4G, they... Yeah, adaptive Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things that you know quality is something we're always looking to get. I just wish that there was you know alternative because really like like Blaze said, it's if bandwidth is an issue, get another data center, right? Like why is this service not here? Why isn't it worth the cost? Is it because people don't use it, or is it because you don't want to invest the money in it, right? And at least like a clear answer on the situation because we've been promised it and then pulled back on that promise, you know, across two different CEOs now. So it's like. Where does it actually stand? Like, where are the improvements for BBM going to come? You know, I'd like to see maybe a roadmap of that. So at least as a user, I know what I'm what I'm continuing to invest my time in when I'm using BBM. Right? Is it that blend experience? Like, we you know where are we going to see that? Is that going to continue to evolve? Are we going to see a desktop version of BBM for Android? I mean, there's a lot of uh, 
still free radicals and variables out there for us as users that you know we're kind of at a standstill. And that roadmap is you know John Chen mentioned it that later when they are ready they will announce their roadmap. But how intensive will that be in terms of you know hardware versus BBM versus their other software endeavors? Yeah. And how much how much of that roadmap is actually going to be of interest to us versus yeah. other people who like? Mm -hmm. I mean it's funny too because you have like Android going the path where they have Chrome OS 2 and they're talking about like by 2017 they'll merge Android and Chrome OS. So like if you have a BBM app on Android and if Android starts creating this OS that kind of is also a desktop OS and a phone OS, well then you kind of have BBM on desktop and then uh, Microsoft has the universal apps you kind of, if you have BBM as a universal app, like if, if BlackBerry goes and makes a universal app for BBM eventually then you'll kind of have BBM on Windows and you'll have it on you know, your phone, and maybe, you know, you don't even really need Blend necessarily at that point for BBM if you just have these universal apps on every platform going on. Speaking so. of that, speaking of that, slightly, slightly, ever so slightly off topic, did you guys see um, something that came out of CES, which is called Remix OS, which is basically yes, Android? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my yes, God, yes, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. It, yeah. like, looks so awesome. It's basically like Android. It's yep. Android. Um which is essentially downloadable. Like, you can download it to your computer, your Mac, whatever, right? And eventually, like, I think the launch date for it is, like, um, January 12th or something like that. But it, you can download it, and you can put it onto, like, a USB card or whatever and basically have Android as your main operating system. But it has, like, a beautiful UI. It's not, like, clunky Android. Like, it's not x64 Android or anything like that. It actually has, like, a real UI file manager, all that stuff. I was just thinking, like, maybe you could download BBM to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it looks pretty. It's, it's, it looks, looks really interesting. Cool. Yeah, but I mean, it's the one thing... that I would use on a daily basis, but... Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, ever, a lot of people are saying, like, oh, I know what I'm doing with my netbook, right? Like, if you have a netbook or an older thing, rather than have it, an old version of Windows on it, yeah, throw this on and you'll be happy. But it's not going to replace, like, Windows or, or Mac OS, like... It's going to be so bare bones compared to that, but you're going to have 1.7 million apps, Android apps that you can use on this thing, and you know it looks pretty nifty. Yeah, like I would, I would totally connect it, load it up on like an old computer and connect it to like my TV or something like that. Like, yeah, that'd be awesome, right? He plays his like 20 TVs. He's got things hooked up too. He <laughs> Chromecast for days. <laughs> It's really at a point now where our conversation, specifically on these podcasts, is becoming more and more Android influenced. Do you guys think we may get back to a point where we're having like really, really diehard BlackBerry conversations? I mean, is there enough software and things to talk about? I guess is the question, right? We 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 stretch because we've got you know CES and, and actual news announcements, but some of these weeks are pretty uh pretty dry in terms of the actual BlackBerry news. Do you think their silence in some of those weeks is is going to be a benefit to them to kind of you know, keep their nose to the grindstone and keep working because, you know, it's better than having to fight the media plight and try to, you know, prove a case that's not really worth making, especially when we had BlackBerry 10 and, you know, as the market focus for them. I just, my question, I guess, boils down to for you guys is, is Android, because, you know, we, we talked a little bit about whether Android was the right move or not. It was, seemed like more of an inevitable one than anything, but should a focus on their hardware, like, should they market their hardware at this point? Is it 
really even valuable for them to go out of their way and do like a bigger campaign akin to what we saw for the Z10? Or should they just let their carriers have it and, and continue to promote it? I mean, as you see like a device like the Vienna, if that ever is to launch later this year, you know, is there some kind of marketing about both of those devices? I mean, we're not seeing marketing yeah. that much for, for Priv. I mean, tr they are doing a bunch of traditional marketing, so we can't harp on them too much on that. But in terms of, you know, like television ads and things like that, is there a broader sense of, of this Android shift? Because a lot of people still think, again, that BlackBerry's a bold, you know, or BlackBerry's a curve running a super legacy OS. Now that they've transitioned through BlackBerry 10, now over to Android, I mean, there has to be some market education about yeah. what they're offering now, you know? No, think, for sure. Go ahead, Alex. And that's, like, one of the things where it's funny to hear people say nowadays, like, oh, BlackBerry, psh, that's dead or whatever. And it's like, you guys know they're on Android now, right? It's like, wait, what? So, I mean, yes, that we're, we're saying the same thing about when BlackBerry 10 came out because people would think legacy, and it's like, you guys know they're on BlackBerry 10, right? And, like, it's way different. But now it's just this irony where they hear when people, you know, crap on BlackBerry and you say they're on Android now, it's kind of this whole thing like, oh, you know, I guess I really can't crap on them anymore because Android's big, aren't they? So I, I think it would be good to do something, but, you know, we said that back in the day, too. Like, okay, you think now with, with the uh, the Classic coming out, do you think they're going to start advertising the Z30 with the Classic? Oh, no, 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 when the Passport comes out, will they advertise the Classic with the Passport and do some kind of TV with that? And they never really did it. So I don't really think they're going to do it, but I think it's important for them to let people know that they're on Android now. I, I think it's important just for their, their brand, I guess. I don't know. Right, and, and, and they've just made such moves, you know? It just seems like one of those things you'd want to do. I don't know. If you guys think about it, I mean, the Priv is such a high price, right? So BlackBerry, and they've said it, Johnson has said, it's aimed for a specific demographic, right? Is that yeah. demographic large enough that you could put marketing dollars and get enough return on your investment? I don't think so. So, yeah. I mean, BlackBerry is pretty smart at, you know, getting to who they want to sell to, and those are the enterprises, those people at the top, those companies that are big, you know, they have multiple users, and then they get that basic advertising out there enough that, okay, whoever consumers they want, they can aim towards and, and target, right? That's a brand Brunel, put, put, put the bat down, down, man. man. Just swing it out. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, too much through. Too much truth. <laughs> it's no, a bit I, of a chicken and egg problem. They they basically they need to they need to go ahead and market to customers, but they need customers to market to. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! That's so true. Brandon on that echo. I love it. <laughs> My headphones fell out. Oh, oh that, that makes sense. Mm. So I want to transition to some of our patron questions because we got some really good ones, and these are these are loaded questions, gentlemen. Again, if you are uh, one of our patron subscribers, thank you so much for dropping these comments for us. It gives us good focus to reset the the conversation as well. Again, we are giving out this mystery BlackBerry. You know, there there's something in here. I will not say what it is yet. I might drop some hints. This contest is going to run all the way through the month, so if you are interested in finding out what this BlackBerry device is and potentially winning it uh, as part of our giveaway, check it out. It's, uh, it's you know, I'll, I'll just do a size comparison here for you guys. It is literally the exact size of a Priv. But it's but not a Priv. It, but it's not a Priv. It's a BlackBerry 10 device for sure. 
But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let you guys think about that as we go into our uh, our patron questions here. So we had a couple, some really good ones again. One of them from Tino is, so Chen has announced that there will be 10.3.3 and 10.3.4. Just Is it just lip service? Also, article quoting that if the Android Priv does well, then BB10 devices might be made again. What are BlackBerry 10 employees doing in the meantime? Uh, I can imagine a lot of them are just retrained on doing something else, right? Probably reappropriated to do Android work or things like that. What do you guys think in terms of the dev teams that have remained? Because we know a lot of them have been a, you know, put on exodus from the company. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from, for, well, I, from devs that I know at least, you're, they're normally kind of like multilingual in the sense where you know, they, they could be retrained or they, you know, it's related. Like, it's really the theory of how an app is built or how a platform is built that's kind of difficult. And a lot of languages are similar in their own way. So, like, yes, Android is using Java and they do things a little bit differently. But, I mean, the developers at that level who are actually creating an OS, I think they're smart enough to, you know, retrain and do what they need to do, especially with the kind of money that they're being paid. So, I... I Obviously, bringing someone in who specializes in something is going to be good, but bringing in one special or one person that specializes and help train the rest of the team, and you know, they could be doing whatever. They could be using Android, BB10. Who knows? They're actually outside uh, cleaning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Windows one day. <laughs> yeah, just. I didn't even know they had BlackBerry 10 developers still. To be honest, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Brandon's the only one left because Alex gave up. <laughs> so that was one of Tino's questions. He had another. CES is cool, but are BlackBerry getting anywhere near enough coverage? Most of the tech sites are covering drones, TVs, armbands. I'm not seeing any general CES coverage that even mentions BlackBerry. Is there? But with BlackBerry going towards more B2B services, does that matter anyway? And I think you kind of answered your own question there, where it doesn't really matter anyway, right? The coverage is good, specifically on the QNX side, because again, automotive is a really big focus at CES. But aside from that, I'd say the coverage BlackBerry specific that's going to be important will be Mobile World Congress, which will be later. Uh, toward the end of Q1. So yeah, we talked about this last podcast. CES is a little bit fluffy these days, so not too big a deal. Finally, yeah, this is this is Tino's last question, guys. This is probably my favorite one, the ones he asked. BlackBerry seems to be adding more and more BlackBerry apps to Android. What are the top three things each host would like to see come to Android and how likely that that'll actually happen? It would be interesting take for the BlackBerry 10 holdouts to switch. Um, I think I can probably speak for some of us here. Blend? <laughs> Necessitous? No. Would we like it? Yes. Right? One of those things. A story maker for me. Necessitous? No. Would I like it? Yes. Um, and uh, as well, BlackBerry Express. I, that had so much potential for me. I can't even find an, a good alternative for something like it on Android, right? I can get PowerPoint, which is decent, but I'd really like the seamlessness and ease of BlackBerry Express. So StoryMaker, Express, and Blend would be my three go-tos. Alex, no one talked about this. I, I I don't care much about it, but like speaking of yes, BlackBerry is porting Ash over, like the BlackBerry Virtual Expert. <laughs> yep. Like when this when this popped up in my feed, I was he, like, oh, he got mad. He got oh. mad. <laughs> I was like, whatever. But I was skimming through it and like. You can test the slider mechanism. It's so like that's probably a decent thing to at least like know if that's working well and whatever. I mean, it it was kind of a smart app for them to bring into BlackBerry 10 just for people uh, seeing if their phone's broken in various regards. So it's it's not a bad app to have, uh, but 
you'll only use it when you really don't want to use it. So, like, for instance, the only time I ever used the BlackBerry Virtual, Blackberry Virtual Expert app Is it, was yeah. to figure out whether my suspicion of my phone being broken yeah. was indeed right. And yeah. it was, so I had to send it in. But you're yeah. not, like, it's it's one of those things that's kind of yeah. like... It's a good know, app to it's, have, it's but you really don't care about it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't care about exactly. it until you need it, and then when you need it, you're actually like frustrated that you had actually had to use One it. One star. This, this is broke my phone. <laughs> <laughs> this, this app broke my spirit. Yeah. <laughs> Poor review. So uh, anything else? Any other oddball apps from BlackBerry 10 that you guys would like to bring over? I mean, docs to goes already there. Hub's already there. I mean, so much has already been brought over. The hub is not there. The hub yeah. is not there, guys. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree with that. Here we go. That, I mean, that is something I'll agree with. I want. We need to just like have the app open all the time, and people would complain so much less. But it's like getting that memory management efficient, right? Because it's not their own OS. It's going to be tough yeah. to, to replicate the same thing. Here's what I want, and of course, it's two things that I've, I've pretty much spoken out against. But it, you know, at the same time, it's still it's still crucial and still something that I want. I mean, obviously, BlackBerry Blend is there. That's not even really a question at this point. Like That's like number one on my list, but there's a 0.0% chance of that actually happening. <laughs> However, and I know specifically that I've spoken out against it because of the fact that there are secondary and third-party options that you can choose from. I want the BlackBerry File Manager on there. At least, mm -hmm. I at least want well, some yeah. of actual frontward-facing file manager to be on there. It doesn't even necessarily have to be the same, and it's not even necessarily for my own benefit. It's basically for the benefit of everybody else picking up a crib who sees that there is no actual file manager on there. I want a file manager built into the crib just so people stop asking about it. <laughs> just, so, just so those threads can be auto-closed. Yeah, exactly. Like, there needs to be a front-facing icon that simply says file manager, even if it doesn't necessarily work the same way. It just needs to be there. It's funny because, like, you, you take the average person, and, like, my buddy, he was over here the other day, and he showed me, he had, like, $10 in Google Play Opinion Reward credits, and I was like, okay, Solid Explorer is on sale for a dollar right now. Like, you need it. And he's like, <laughs> what is it? It's like, it's a file manager. Like, you need it. Dude, it's all right. He's like, I've never used a file manager. He's like, I don't care. And he talked me out of him buying it, and it's like, dude, it's a dollar. But he's like, he, I don't talk you out of him buying it. Yes, I, yeah, but it's like, dude, it's 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 like, I was like, trust me, this is like one app that's good to have. And he's like, I don't need it. He just downloaded like a gallery app, and that's what he does with his pictures. And I don't know, he some people just don't need file managers, and it's just, know, it just blows my I'm, mind because you do need one. I yeah. can give you like a million reasons why you need one, but he doesn't care. Yeah, the like in, questions, yeah. the amount of questions I get that like. Where are my videos and where are my yeah. photos on the priv? It's yeah. like ridiculous. So like, my uh, my aunt visited me over the uh, summer. My aunt from Spain. She had an Android device and she was trying to find some photos she had taken way back when. I couldn't find it through the photo album. Um, so I was like, "Well, where's your file manager?" And she's like. I don't have a file manager, so I had to like download one from the Google Play Store, <laughs> like some free one. And it was like the the crummiest thing I ever had to like experience in my life. Like <laughs> having to navigate this file manager was the most frustrating thing ever. Get so, cabinet, it's free. Yeah, well, I didn't know that back then yeah. on the spot, or right? I was, I was yeah. But uh, he was like, half drunk in Spain. Family. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, I, but but James, you brought up a cool point. Uh, BlackBerry Express. I think there is definitely a, a market for it on Android. I think there's definitely you know 
not that many, not too many options that I know of based on what I've, I've, I've learned about those types of apps on there. And I think BlackBerry Express could really, you know, carve out a niche for, for presentation apps like that. And I, I certainly enjoyed it on BlackBerry 10. It's one of those things it's like, and I totally agree with you, Brandon. I agree with you agreeing with me, Brandon, 100%. <laughs> uh, it's just like one of those things like you you got to walk the walk if you're going to sell me productivity, right? Like you yep. got to put more productivity stuff on there, right? Like awesome, cool, I have DTEC, but that doesn't necessarily make me productive, right? And again, what's the value add of a priv versus another Android? It should be security as the forefront and then productivity. So adding in more productivity features I think is something they definitely should do. Express seemed like Express seemed like one of those cross-platform things that just made total sense, right? It, yeah. You know, build it into work with presentations and, and PowerPoint and all those things, and make it kind of cross-platform and sell it as part of you know your Bez packages or part of your experience suite, and, and give us those types of experiences. StoryMaker as well, you know, just the ease of use of all of that, right? You made acquisitions for some of these things, use them, you know. Well, and, and the thing too is that a lot of professionals. Uh, based on my experiences, that are constantly going to meetings to give presentations. And I mean, it, it's just not super intuitive to do it from your mobile device. A lot of people just do it on a PowerPoint deck and then open up their laptop and make adjustments. But if there was, you know, a presentation app that they could easily, you know, formulate slides and things on the fly while they're mobile and they don't need to bring their entire laptop, I mean, that would be a really useful thing for a lot of professionals. Yo, and call me lazy... But PowerPoint is a bit like too much for me at times. When I like say that I want to pitch a client on something and I have like a bunch of stats I need to give them and just a couple of pictures and stuff, I spent way too much time trying to make this PowerPoint feel like it was like the Cyberbytes colors and like really feel like it was like our company or our brand. And if I could just pull out StoryMaker and throw this together, I probably would have saved a lot of time. And it feels like it's a modern way of doing it. You know. You, Whereas PowerPoint's just like click next, click next, click next. So I, I could actually agree. I never really used StoryMaker, but at that or yeah, sorry, Express is totally uh, what it whatever, is. Whatever I was talking about. Yeah. Um. Not mean StoryMaker, Express, but like yes, now I'm seeing that would have been a nice thing to have. Here's here's I, here's another beautiful thing that I used to do on BlackBerry 10. Right, I would use Express, use a screen recorder app, and make a video, and then export the Express PowerPoint as a video into StoryMaker. Right? Again, that kind of integration is so seamless and awesome and things that you can only get on BlackBerry 10, right? You finish one share right into the other. Like mm. there are things on BlackBerry 10 that you just can't accomplish on Android. And those are not necessarily individual apps, but again, how the overall architecture is built together. So Tino, great questions. We got a good round table on that. Alex is showing us here BlackBerry Express still in beta since <laughs> since, since March of twenty fifteen. Uh, it's one of their highest rated apps. And like five stars, like if you're getting that much, like a beta app is probably gonna have like a bunch of three stars, two stars, one stars. Like shit isn't working, blah blah blah. blah. But you know, like... you know what the, you know what the really sad thing about it too is that they had such a great way of getting comments from within the app. You could send direct comments about what thing you use within the app, and it goes directly to, I guess, somebody who. Developed the app, I would somebody hope. Somebody who cares. Yeah, yeah somebody who cares. Uh, Are you sure that happened? Because it hasn't gotten enough. No, no. I actually, when it first came out, like I sent something in. Somebody actually replied. They're like, "Yeah, we're looking into it." So I was like, "Okay." And then two years later, they work at Samsung. They're still looking into it two years later. I got one. I got one final lap for Tino, and that's BlackBerry Travel. Yes. Oh, okay, BlackBerry yeah. Travel. 
is nothing but WorldMate underneath, but BlackBerry Travel came to us for free, and WorldMate charges like $30 for their gold package on yes. Android. So um, I don't. I I also don't know what, what BlackBerry and WorldMate cooked up in the back end, but there's something about BlackBerry Travel that makes it work a little bit more efficiently than what the WorldMate app does. Even though it's the same same application at the core, you know, it, it's still just WorldMate services. Uh, BlackBerry cooked up something in the back end in in terms of of the notifications and such. That makes it was, BlackBerry the notifications, better. and I think the way it, it, it archived your email as well. Yeah. Like there was something there that it just definitely made it a lot more seamless. And again, one of those things, and it's like it is a white label solution. Just give it to us, right? Like, right. Why yeah. not? Why not? And you have like a modern company like Google creating through Inbox. They just implemented this recently. Um, trip within within Inbox, so like it'll read a trip that you have, and it'll allow you to send your itinerary to other people. And it's like not as functional as BlackBerry Travel is, but like you see a company, they just came out with this. So obviously they see a use in it. So BlackBerry yeah. Travel is so much more useful than just that. I used like the one trip I actually used with BlackBerry Travel, it was great. It was like, hey, your plane's coming late or it's delayed. And it was like, yeah. it's, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do otherwise. And you yes. don't even necessarily need inbox for that because Google now provides it. But, okay. You know, at, at the same time, I guess I guess in 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 stating that these alternative solutions exist is probably the reason why they're they're not yeah. being implemented by That's BlackBerry. True. Like we true. know that because what Cluley told us, like he they they're not gonna do something that is already implemented. Like. It's unfortunate so, because we're on on the receiving end of that. Even though we want these things, we just simply can't have them. So, Alex, I have a question for you. This one's coming from Mike, again, one of our patron supporters. Another good question. Is there a roadmap from Google for Android for the next couple years? So, again, when someone's looking at a proof, potentially they're looking, well, where is this OS going, right? Where I don't have a roadmap for BlackBerry 10, not necessarily, aside from the security updates. Does Android have a kind of roadmap and trajectory so that users buying proof at least kind of know where things are headed. You mentioned Chrome and OS and kind of building that together. Is there a grander vision for Android that Priv will then become part of? Yeah, I mean, honestly, just, just like Google search what's going on with Android and, and like, you'll get a look into what the view of, of it is. And it's really a lot about, you know, split screen and actually perfecting that. That's something that Samsung has done on Android for a while now. Um, but, you know, it, it's really like Android M was just fixing a lot of what Android L or Lollipop kind of messed up that like lollipop was this huge overhaul and then um marshmallows like all right let's fix it let's give you some more privacy let's get security we care about security now so marshmallow at least we could be looking into a lot of security functionality and just privacy i can't wait to be able to download an app and not give it full permissions and like only give it microphone access when it uses a microphone because like why the heck does this app need my microphone can they be recording me right yeah. now and i don't even know it so i mean they really are. just yeah and so just just look at what's coming with Android uh, and the rumors that are coming with it, and you'll kind of get a, a look to see what's going so to happen. I've, I've, I've got it loaded here for you, Mike, because, you know, we're going to take care of you. Android and multi-window mode, this is something that was actually stripped out of Marshmallow. They had it initially and actually took it out 
when it the they pulled it out of beta. So again, that's kind of dual windows, uh, multi app side by side. Open JDK amid legal disputes. So again, moving away from Java's development kit, going toward their own. So that's going to be interesting for them to kind of navigate around as they pull away from Java. We're also looking at Android and user facing controls. So not a lot of sexy stuff really. We're looking yeah. at like granular app permissions and, and better, ro more robust you know app standby whitelists for battery optimizations. Lots of under the hood user facing controls giving you more and more options. Um, as well, we're looking at a Android and Password Manager. So again, BlackBerry already has Password Keeper, their own solution, cloud-based Android and looks to bring their own version of that. So again, BlackBerry's kind of ahead awesome. of the BlackBerry's kind of ahead of the ball in some of these things when looking at again that security and privacy, as well a permissions manager. So not just in-app permissions, but a manager to then manage those permissions yeah. as well. Something may come with uh, later versions. And then more refined controls over default applications, which is something seen in Marshmallow, but looking further into that. So you can choose, you know, voice outputs, SMS, and different types of apps for that. Did you see the update that's coming with uh, Rich Communication Services, the RCS adoption, which is essentially an update to SMS and MMS? Like, finally, it's getting overhaul. So your SMS, well, you'll be able to see when the, the other person is typing. And, like, you'll get essentially, like, WhatsApp and BBM-like functionality to general SMS and MMS. Like, this is a big deal because it won't be using the same junk. Like, if you have a phone right now on Android, you're probably having SMS or MMS problems because it's just old technology and outdated. So mm -hmm. I'm honestly most excited for this because, like, finally they're upgrading the standard. Like, finally, it's been so long. So that'll be nice. Yeah. There's some other things here. They're looking at a theme engine for Android N. So looking to, looking to build, again, these are things BlackBerry's kind of already built into their version and their launcher, which is kind of amusing, as well looking at dark mode in Android and wouldn't be surprising either. As well, they're trying, and potentially this is a pretty big rumor, but looking at system-independent updates. So basically Google being able to push these updates on their own time frame without necessarily having to work with their, uh, their carrier partners to do so. We're finally so, getting dark hub. <laughs> When is Android getting Dark Hub? Now that no one uses it. If you, if you turn the brightness on Prove all the way down, you have Dark Hub. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Um, and, and maybe we'll get a white Priv. Uh, that just sounds so wrong. I can't even. We'll, we'll just we're just gonna gloss over that one. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, there's there are not necessarily roadmaps, but there was a lot of information out there about what may be happening in the future of Android, and it's really putting more into the user's hands in terms of that control and feature set. So hopefully, Mike, that answers a little bit of your question there. We had uh, two other questions. Um, this one's a fun one, I think. This one is from Nick, one of our patron supporters. Have you spotted any privs in the wild lately? Any stories about people curious about your phones? So I'll take a, a first run at this. I have not seen any privs in the wild. Um, and here's a funny story, right? I actually am getting less noticed about my smartphone switching from red passport to priv. Why? Because if you hold this up, it looks like every other smartphone that's out there, right? It's kind of unassuming. Yeah, when you slide it, if someone sees that, they're going to go, oh, that's, that's kind of interesting. But for the most part, it's kind of an unassuming device. It looks just like Samsung or, or another device, right? Or, you know, a, another just Android out there. So I've actually gotten less people curious about my phone on Priv. And, you know, if I still pull out, like, the passport in red, I'm going to get a lot more attention on that. So it's really kind of a mixed bag for me. haven't seen any pervs in the wild. I wish I did see more. Uh, Ronell, tell us about uh, how it is over there for you in Toronto. It's big, man. It's big, man. 
<laughs> I mean, um, I carried my device to work. I told everybody everybody about it. My Instagram picture was um, my reservation for 14 days, um, no, number 14 on the list. So, I mean, a lot of people knew I was going to get it. And when I got it in, I mean, uh, for the whole day, the first day I got it, I, I didn't really have it in my hands because it was in everybody else's hands. So, I mean... I tried to be the BlackBerry rep I used to be back in the day. Everybody got a look, got a try. So I mean, everybody, everybody got a look, and then he locked it out for three days. <laughs> hey, don't hey, that's supposed to be between us. Come on, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot of security. People, <laughs> a lot of people were interested in. Um, every so often, I get, oh, is that the new BlackBerry? It's like, yeah, it is. And how are you liking it so far? And that's a big question that I get a lot, which is interesting. It's not, oh, what can you do? Or it's, how do you like it? How's it been so far? You know, so people take interest in how is it, how am I using it? How do I like it versus, you know, BlackBerry 10? So I think a lot of people, and hopefully it, gets, it starts um, being supported for companies and corporate. I mean, that's the big thing, I think. So Yeah. It's it's one of those kind of like loops that conversation where if there was more marketing when they see that priv then they're going to be more excited about it right so when it just sure. launched there was a lot more hype right so then when people see it they're like oh that's that thing I've been hearing about right whereas right now again you hold it up now and people are like oh it's it's what is that a barbarian it's crazy so it, it is a pretty interesting question Nick and. Uh, it's very interesting to see that you know when I do get someone who's like on an iPhone right and I show them the priv, they really are kind of blown away. They're like, wow, BlackBerry's come a long way from, you know, where where their where their preconceived notion of BlackBerry was, which is, again, on like that bolder curve. Uh, what about you, Blaze or Brandon? Uh, any interesting priv stories with, you know, those around you actually uh, enjoying the device or, or taking akin to it? Yeah. I, I pretty much did my rounds at, like, the AT&T store, seeing who had the device and what was available and, you know, checking on their stock levels and basically pretty much every AT&T store that I walked into wanted to go ahead and actually play with the device because they never had the opportunity to like sit down and play with one as of yet um, you know outside of, of basically just taking it out of the package for the customer which you know some customers actually hate nobody wants to let the rep go ahead and play with their device before they even get a chance I hate right? that I hate right? that um, so the majority, the majority of of the people that have have seen mine or have actually taken an interest in it are actually AT and T employees <laughs> going ahead and just basically like I I don't really have anything, you know, too crucial on my on my phone that they, you know, while I'm standing there that they would be able to access. So I just hand them my phone, let them play around with it for a little bit, and they generally, you know, walk away with it or they have comments like. You know, AT&T has come, or sorry, BlackBerry has come a long way, like you said. Um, you know, just general general interest. But I, I definitely agree with like what you said about there being, you know, somewhat of a, a lesser interest in it because of the fact that it's not red or it's not oddly shaped or anything like that. Um, you know, before previously, people, you know, walking down the street would want to go ahead and ask you what phone you have, like with the priv. Um, you don't get that anymore because it, it realistically it just kind of looks like another black slab unless you actually have the keyboard open. But yeah, that's that's pretty much been my experiences thus far. AT&T employees yeah. actually wanting to go ahead and play with the device versus you know just trying to sell people on it. 
one of my favorite things to do to get people's attention is just to like at them and they're like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm just I'm just playing with my phone, bro. Like, leave me alone." <laughs> so if you wanna if you wanna get attention, just start clacking at people, and they'll be like, "Okay, you need to stop, James. You need to <laughs> chill out a little bit." So really great question, Nick. If you have any stories in particular about you know some of your BlackBerry devices, I am waiting to see a priv in the wild. Like when I was walking down New York streets out with Jubei and then Kevin, I'm like, "Look." That's a BlackBerry. And then they're like, what? That's like four miles away, James. How can you tell it's a BlackBerry? I'm like, let's go look. And we'll follow that person a little bit, and it's a BlackBerry. So I love doing that in like more metropolitan areas. And uh, I did see one passport in the wild while I was there last year. So that was exciting. I was like, that guy's got a passport. And he turned around and kind of gave me a thumbs up. And I'm like, yes, that guy's <laughs> awesome. So exciting, so exciting. So what I love seeing say, Brandon? We, I, uh, I cut Brandon off totally. I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, you know, like uh, my first day, you know, I was letting people touch it, letting people oh, uh, see up. it. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> man, get out of here. Nah, <laughs> I, yeah. was I, was trying, I was trying to be nice, and next thing you know, he's throwing like us all. <laughs> like a few people, no, a few people at work have been asking me if, like, if I'm going to get it because they're interested about it. And I'm like, you know, like maybe like eventually I'll get it. I just I'm waiting a bit until like it drops a bit and see if I can get it through my carrier and stuff. Uh, a lot. My sister got one uh, for Christmas, and she really likes it. She's in love with it. I think it's really, you know, taking people in a really positive way. Uh, it's not one of those, you know, love it or hate it devices I find. I feel like there's a lot of people who can kind of, you know, see the merits of the keyboard, and even if they don't like the keyboard, you know, they'll just use it in touch screen, and, and they also see the benefits of Android. And that's pretty much my experience uh, since the previous launch is that a lot of people are interested in it, in it. I get lots of questions about it, and you know, I answer some of their questions through you guys, and, 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 and it seems like there's a lot of positivity around it. <laughs> answer your question. Yeah, we're going to save that. I'll drop our conversation for the after show for sure. You know? <laughs> that, that's, a, that's an awesome one Blaze brought to my attention. Um, you know, it's funny because, uh, Brandon, to your point, you're, you know, you're still, I'm sure, getting a lot of looks on that passport, right? Oh, for sure, for sure. People every day are like, whoa, like, how big is that thing? It's like a computer, right? Exactly. Like, it's it's literally people, a laptop in my pocket, you know? Yeah, there's still people who get, you know, surprised uh, by the passport, and, and I don't, I'm not really sure, really, if that's a, a good thing or a bad thing, because on one hand, it's nice to be kind of, have a device that people are like, oh, what's that? But at the same time, it kind of, it's... You know, a year and a half later, it's kind of a testament to how poorly the device was marketed uh, to people out there, unfortunately. And it's, if it's we're a year and a half in general, later, right? yeah, I can just, pull out his E30 and tell them it's a BlackBerry. They're still going to be like, what? You know? Yeah, it's just a testament to the fact that there's just not that many passports out there that people have seen in the wild, and so people don't know about it or they haven't seen it at the carriers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. I'm I'm really hoping that you know with this move to Android, they can just get more eyeballs on the company, and then some of these devices will start getting that credit that they deserve because they've been phenomenal devices. You know, yeah, they haven't made market moving um, you know gains for BlackBerry, but they've made a lot of awesome devices. I mean, I was looking at kind of the lineup, and I'm like, dang, this is BlackBerry did work. Like they did. You cannot say they didn't try. You know, they tried and tried and and are continuing to try, and that's really all we can hope for at this point. So I want to hop on our after show, gentlemen. We got some El Chapo stuff, BBM stuff to talk about, um, as well. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about um, some of our other uh, news that we have here. We had one final question, and we kind of answered this one. It's from Mark. Um, two questions: Does the Ford in-app car system mean cross-platform apps are even closer? 
Answer yes. That's that's the game plan with a S SML or SDL. What features is BlackBerry 10 missing that could turn up in 10.3 or subsequent OS versions? Like, what features are missing from BlackBerry 10? See, like that's one of the odd things. It's like the OS is stable. It's solid. I don't really feel like it's missing too much, aside from like the random third-party app here or there. Black but, Hub uh, is really what's missing. Yeah, is that a feature really? Is that I mean, that that would be a feature that they could just toss in uh, with very little resources and, and add like a a three a ten dot three dot three or whatever to it. That'd be a nice like little nod to their fan yeah. base. Absolutely. So Mark Dark Hub, we'll try to get that done for you, man. We'll uh, we'll hit up the guys. We'll get Ronella. Uh, to go over there and knock on some doors. You got it. He, get, he gets stuff done. He's very tall. He's uh, <laughs> He gets it done, no doubt. Um, you know, other features that I'd like, I'd like to see kind of like more stuff like 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 a D-Tech for BlackBerry 10. Does that make sense? Like like a, some kind of app monitoring tool for BB10. Like just more, more consumer-facing privacy stuff I think would be cool. Maybe not for like you know what apps are pinging me, but like maybe just like a an enhanced device monitor that adds in that stuff. You know, uh, I think that'd be kind of cool. Any other things you guys would like in terms of features for BlackBerry Ten? Mm. We had this conversation with Chloe. I would really like to see you know like web design cheat sheet uh, updated for BlackBerry Ten. I think that <laughs> would be really good. Um, I, I I think my dog's calling me or something. Uh, I'll talk to you guys later. You know, Brian is literally not a real dog, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's not real, Alex. You're, you're <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, patrons, for your questions. It, again, levels out the conversation quite a bit for us. Some good ones here. And, and Tino, you asked us a lot of questions, man. You're overbearing. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and again, if you're interested in checking out you know, what this potential device is... Oops, I'm going to show everybody what it is. <laughs> uh, hit up our Patreon and... Uh, we're going to give this guy away at the beginning of the month, February. So go ahead, comment on the Patreon. You guys, too, if you guys want it, I mean, comments. You might win. You never know. I'm putting everything through random.org at the end once I tally up who's got what. I'm just going to drop it all through there, and we'll have that magical winner. So, uh, Blaze, you can't win. I'm sorry. You can't, actually. Yeah, uh, I know. I know. You probably have this device. I'm, I'm guessing. <laughs> he probably has numerous ones. He, yeah, he probably has, like, four of this device. Uh, <laughs> He, he uses it to hold his desk up. He's got, he's got him underneath. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're looking forward to giving that away. And, and again, the Patreon really is nice because it allows us you know, some income to then give back to you guys. So I'm looking to do some other device giveaways to follow this one up. So this Q1, we're going to be giving quite a bit away. Um, and you know, as I said, we just ordered our shirts as well. So those who stick around for the after show, we're going to get a peek of what our actual final shirt design is. I'm wearing one now, but it's a much better design in my opinion what we're actually going to be having out. So uh, everyone say goodnight. We'll catch everybody next week. Good night. Peace out. Peace, loves, blessings, all that. After show invite is headed out in five, four, three.